Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Let's go to Mark chapter 4 this morning. And uh, we're going to continue with this that we've been on receiving maximum results from the Word. Receiving maximum results from the Word of God. And uh, we've been dealing with this over the last uh, probably eight services. And, uh, you know, if... uh, if you can receive something, you might as well receive the maximum results. Amen. Amen. Uh, Liliana, not too long ago, I, I bought her a, uh, a water bottle. It's, it's, uh, it's called Circul, C-I-R-K-U-L. And it, 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 uh, uh, she takes a water bottle to school every day. And so I bought her this water bottle, and it has this uh, filter, flavor filter in it. And uh, it has a dial on it. You can turn it all the way up to 10 or, you know, all the way down to 1. And, of course, we put a new filter in it and, and put it on 3 and try to encourage her to keep it on 3 because the less you use it, the less the filter, the slower the filter wears out. But, you know, Liliana just, she wants maximum results. And so, uh, you know, she'll say, this doesn't have very much taste like two days later. This is supposed to last three weeks. It, it doesn't have very much taste in it. And I'll say, well, what do you got it set on? Well, I don't know. And, 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 and I'll look at it as like eight. Well, that's, there's the problem right there. But the point is she wants maximum results. If we want max, right, we don't want just partial results. Right. We don't want hit or miss results from the Word of God. I want maximum results from the Word. And Mark 4 gives us some answers. Mark chapter 4, verse 13, Jesus said to them, Do you not know this parable? How then will you know all parables? And then he says, The sower sows the word. Now he makes a statement there, If you don't understand this parable, how then are you going to understand any parable? Now if words mean anything, and if words that came from the mouth of Jesus mean anything, then he's telling me, If I don't understand this, I can't understand anything he says because this is the master key. Because in these verses, we find out how the word works. We find out the enemies of the word. We find out what what, uh, uh, prohibits the word from working in my life. What can I do to avoid non-working of the word in my life? And he, he, he says here two things. If you don't understand what I'm saying here, you'll have a hard time understanding anything I say. Number two, the context of this parable is the word. Not rocks, not thorns, not trees, not the devil, not hard ground, stony ground, soft ground, good ground. The context is the word. The sower sows the word. And every every type of ground that we see, every type of soil that we see, all right, the word was intentionally sown in it. And they either receive maximum results or minimal results or no results. 
right, based on what they did with the word because uh, uh, the, it, it, it deals with the enemies of the word. Now, Satan, obviously, is the ultimate enemy of the word, all right? But here's the issue. He requires our help to take the word. I got to help him, all right? I, I, verse, uh, uh, when, we, when we read there in verse 15, we, we talked about that some where it says immediately the enemy comes, the devil comes, Satan comes to steal the word, and people will preach that, and they'll say, yep, 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 you know, the devil's going to try to steal the word from you today because immediately he comes. Yep, especially if you're this kind of ground. Why did he come immediately? Because he saw the seed laying on top of the ground? How did they yield him? How did they, how did they aid him? In, in stealing the word, left it out where it could be taken. They didn't hide it in their heart. You understand? What you don't hide, the devil takes. And, 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 and at some point, I've got to ask myself, as a believer, is there a place that I'm yielding the word up? Is there a place that I'm not holding on to it and I'm letting him take the word from me because he has no authority of his own none zero he's got to get me to help him hallelujah though when we say we got to yield the word to him the word yield means it means to give up the contest or to submit all right submit you know, you can, you can resist and resist and resist and resist and in one moment submit and undo everything you did while you were resisting. Amen. You never submit to the devil. You never yield up the contest to him. Amen. Right? Never. Now, now, that at once seems obvious to us but, but that's the issue that people deal with. It's not why is the word not working. It's at what point did I yield it up? Because if you received the word, is the word working? Yes. Right now, is the word working? Yes. All right, Hebrews 4 says, Every word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing of soul, uh, asunder of soul and spirit, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So the word of God is alive and active, right? Jeremiah said that the Lord told him, you have seen rightly, for I am alert and actively watching over my word to perform it. Is that right? He's watching over his word to make sure it comes to pass. I'm watching over his word to make sure it doesn't get taken or that I don't give it up. Amen? Hallelujah. See, it's what we do with the word. That determines whether or not I receive. James, James said something. He said, you have to be a hearer. He, he actually didn't. He said it this way. He said, but you need to be hear, doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. When you go through the different types of soil, you will find in almost every type of soil, it says two things about them, that they receive the word and they heard the word. It's important. Because they all heard. Most of them received. 
James said it's possible to be a hearer and do nothing. Because you hear the word and you know what the word says and now you have an increased intellect of what the word says but you're never putting the word in a place to operate because I'm not doing anything with it. The first ground, they didn't do anything with the word. And the devil came and took it. Oh, hallelujah. The, the second ground, they got offended because they, they felt like the, the word wasn't working. Remember stony ground. They've heard the word. They receive it with gladness. Woo, greatest thing I ever heard. Praise God, changing my life. Hallelujah, glory to God. Trouble, pressure comes. And immediately, they're offended. Well, what, what, what does that mean? It doesn't just mean they got angry. They abandoned the word. Amen. Amen. That they abandoned it. They, they didn't do anything with it. They didn't keep working the word. The word will always and only will work to the level that you work it. If you're putting extra pressure on the Word, the Word's working extra every day. There are people you know and I know, the Word's just laying in their heart like a loaf of bread is laying on their counter at home. And the only time they go get any Word is when they want a sandwich. The, the, the Bible says that you and I need to be saying something every day. We need to be working the word every day in our lives. Hallelujah. Did, do you see this? The devil. Did he take today off? Or is he roaming about? Seeking whom he may devour. Now that word may. I'll ask Miss Deborah. You're a teacher. You you teach kids the right thing, and so uh, I had a teacher one time, Mr. Callan. Callan, and uh, if you had a question, he would you would raise your hand. And he would ask you what you needed, and I've watched him do this. If someone needed to go to the restroom, they'd say, "May I go to the restroom?" He would say, "Yes, you may." If you said, "Can I?" He would look at you very straight and go. You can. Now, here's my question for my teacher. I would ask you, but she's smarter than you. (laughs) I'm joking. So if someone says may, they're requesting permission. If they say can, that means am I able? Would that be right? So the proper response is may I. May I have your permission as my teacher to go to the restroom. He's seeking whom he may. He's seeking whoever will give him permission. If I give him permission, I have to give him permission. Because he may not devour me. You may not. I do not give you permission. Right? That's the resisting. The the resisting is saying no. Not happening. Right? Hallelujah. See, this soil 
didn't put up any resistance. The pressure came. The problem came. They didn't resist it. They got offended at the word. Why isn't the word working? Now, wait a minute. When you have a problem in your life, hear, hear me when I say this. This is strong, but hear me. It's never that the word doesn't work. Ever, never, 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 never. Don't ever accuse the word of not working. The word always works. But if I hear it, I've got to do it. Is that right? Amen. Now, notice here in verse 18, because it's what I do with the word that determines whether or not I receive maximum results from the word. Matthew or Mark 4, 18. And these are they that are sown among thorns, such as hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things, entering in, choke the word, and it, the word, becomes unfruitful. Oh, hallelujah. One translation says, these are people who've listened to the word. These are people that have listened to the word. So the word was sown intentionally in this ground. Everyone will have an opportunity to hear the word. And then Jesus lists three things that can choke the word. All right? As entering in, they choke the word. That word choke, it means to strangle completely or to smother. And he says, number one, the cares of this world. Now, we dealt with that Wednesday evening. The cares of this world... Or uh, uh, the, the other two Wednesdays ago, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things. Now, we're going to deal specifically with that today. The Weiss Bible says, the passionate desires with reference to the rest of the things not in these categories. They enter in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful becomes unfruitful. So it was bearing fruit. It was producing. To become unfruitful, you had to have been fruitful. And I said this the other week, but I'll I'll repeat it. This answers the question, what happened to that guy? He was so on fire with God. Boy, God was doing so many things in his life. What happened to him? Something came in, choked the word. It's just that simple. You know, I hear people say things like this sometimes. Well, you know, they're going to be all right, not if they don't let the word work. I, I want you to understand something. If, if, if the enemy gets in or the problems get in and start choking the word, understand it doesn't end there. They're not going to stop till they destroy that life. Amen. Matthew 13 says, the cares enter in and choke the man. And he becomes unfruitful. Mark says the word. Matthew says the man. You get the word, you get the man. And you might look at people that have abandoned the word and it looks like everything's going fine for them. I have news for you. It's not going fine with them. They're this close to losing it all. Because they have no protection. The word is not bearing fruit in their life. Do you understand? Those are people that we got to pray for. We got to seek God for. We got to ask God to help them see 
what's going on in their life because this, this is not a game. Amen. Do you see that? The Berkeley translation says the passions for other things or other interest. Now, he's not saying that we can't have any other interest. But he's saying, notice, that those things enter in passion for other things, something that's distracting me, dragging me away from the word. They enter in and choke the word. Well, how can they do that? Because the, the, the other thing that is now your interest becomes your source. When, when you give up the word for something else, what you gave up the word for is now your source. Amen. Ever what it may be. Remember over and over again what God warned his people against? He said, when you come into the land that I promised you, don't say the, the might of my hand. And my work and my ability has gotten me this wealth. He said, you need to remember the Lord your God. It's he that gives you power to get wealth. Whatever you have, whatever blessings you have, God did it. The word did it. God blessed you. The word blessed you. Amen. Don't ever make the mistake of thinking that you had anything to do with it other than being obedient. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you understand that? And he says, these other things enter in. They drag you away from the word. Amen. Whew. And what happens is it chokes the word. One definition, one meaning of the word choke is to crowd out. To crowd out. It means to strangle completely, to smother, or to crowd out. Where is the word supposed to be? The center of my life. Not on the fringe. The word is not a peripheral issue. I, was a, I, was a, I have a, a group that I'm a part of, a promise keepers group. And uh, uh, I, don't, I don't do any social media, zero social media except for that promise keepers group. And uh, I was dealing with some uh, people one time. And I don't make comments. I don't make comments. I just, you know, whatever. And, uh, but somebody made a statement one time. They were talking about uh, how uh, his marriage just was not good. And I watched all the blame being put over on his wife. All the blame being put on his wife. She won't this and she won't that and she won't this. Well, I'm not, you know, I'm not. But I just made a statement. I don't usually do it, but I made a statement. And I said, listen, your relationship with your wife and your family will only rise to the level of your relationship with God and his word. Amen. And I said, when you spend time in his presence, his presence will affect your life. Amen. See, the word is not a peripheral issue. It's at the center. Right? right? It's at the center. Well, then, then it's not going to get crowded out. Is that right? Not going to get crowded out. That, that's, that's what these things are trying to do. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and, and today the lust of other things, other interests, other priorities, other things that may or may not be important. If, if I give them my attention, what are they doing? Trying to elbow the word 
out of my life. Amen. Have you ever known somebody that would just get fixated on something? They would have a problem and they would just get fixated on it. And every time you talk to them, that was what they were thinking on. That's what they were talking about. What is that problem trying to do? It's got their attention. Now, now track with me. If the problem's got their attention, what doesn't have their attention? So where, where is the problem now? At the center. Where's the word? On the periphery. Is that right? At all costs, you grab the word and you crowd everything out of your life with the word. This is what the word says. Because that problem will come up and it'll, it'll try to bully its way in. Bam, here I am. Let the, get in the word. The word doesn't answer the door. You answer the word with the door. I hear people say, let the Lord answer the door. The Lord's not answering any door. It's your house. I got to answer the door in the authority that I've been given by Jesus Christ. There is no problem that can overwhelm you, overcome you, defeat you, stop you, break you because the word is producing maximum results in your life. Amen. Oh, glory to God. But if I grab that problem, now it's in the center. And the word's working from the outside in. It's got to be working from the inside out. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Hmm. So he says that they choke the word, crowd it out. So the indication is that those things can, if left unchecked, crowd the word out of a person's life. One meaning is desires for other things. Things other than the Word. Things other than the Word. See, everything that we teach, everything that we teach about faith, everything that we teach about victory, everything that we teach about healing or prosperity or whatever it may be, you must not ever desire healing more than you desire the Word. You never desire prosperity above the level that you desire the Word because the Word is what produces all of that. And why do you love God's Word? Because you love God. Why do I believe God's Word will work? Because it's God's Word. Amen. And, 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 and what you can do is you can start pursuing like prosperity. You can start pursuing prosperity And your pursuit, not prosperity, but your pursuit of prosperity will become what crowds the word out of your life. Amen. Amen. Somebody will come to church and they were barely making it. Their job wasn't very good. They didn't have much. And they got a hold of the word of God. And God started blessing them. And God started enriching them. And God started changing things and promoted them. And, and, and the victory was coming into their life. And I've watched people, not too many, but I've watched people over the years start chasing that. Now I'm going to chase a career. Now I'm going to chase this. And there's nothing wrong with having a great career and moving all the way up to the top. But here's the thing. Who gave you that job? How did you have that job? You didn't have nothing when you came and got a hold of the Word of God. There was nothing going right in your life. And you got a hold of the Word of God and the ship got set right and God started blessing you and the victory came into your life. Don't let go of the Word. 
at whatever cost. Amen. Because it's not the job that prospered you. It's not your boss that prospered you. Amen. It's not your family that prospered you. Amen. Well, you know, my family, they don't, they don't agree with, with what, what I believe. And, and, you know, I'm just, no, you're, you're starting to let that crowd the word out of your life. Is it, you understand? See, going after that, that thing, crowd the word out of my life. Amen. I, I used to know a minister, still know him. Not as close as I used to be to him, but his thing for me was he was always talking to me about how one day me and him needed to go to New York and go shopping. Because in his mind, if you're prosperous, you hop a plane and you go to New York and go shopping. I thought two things. Number one, I don't really want to go to New York. Have really never had any desire to go. Number two, I can buy nice clothes here. Amen. Amen. You know, I saw him one time not too long ago, and nothing much seems to have changed. Because, see, prosperity is not what you wear, what you drive, where you live. Although, although now, now, don't misunderstand when, when I'm saying that. Don't fall into that trap of, of thinking that, that, you know, you just need to settle for what you got. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is what I wear, what I drive, where I live, it's, it's, it's not prosperity. It is evidence the Word's working. Right? But the man that has worked the Word and kept the Word in his heart, he will realize where I live is because of the Word. And he will keep the Word at the center and not the house. Amen. When he drives and pulls up to church in that nice car, he'll keep the word at the center and not the car. The job is not the core. The word is the core. I know, I know that sounds simple, but the, the issue is that's, what's crowd, that's what crowds the word out. I say, that's what crowds the word out. Amen. So you have to maintain your desire for the word in order to receive maximum results from it. Amen. Brother Hagin said you got to be thrilled with the word. Thrilled with the word. Thrilled with the word. You know that thrill can dissipate. I remember Keith Moore said one, one of his jobs at Rama when he was there he said one of, one of his jobs was at times to, uh, to watch Brother Hagin's messages. You know, he would watch the messages and he had to teach and, and do these different things. And that was part of his job. And he said, boy, I was listening to that message and I thought, whoo, boy, that's good. Man, that is good. I, you know, I've never heard that. He said, wonder where I was when he t- taught this message. And he said, about then the, the, the camera panned the front row and there I sat. And he, and he said, the Lord reminded me, see, what you got, you let go. Right. Amen. Are, are you with me? Yes. Keep it at your core. Keep it in your, in your, in your center. Yes. 
You got to be thrilled with the word. Because, because what, what begins to happen, remember when you first heard you could have what you say? <sighs> Amen. I remember the first time I read, uh, heard what Charles Cab said, the Lord told him. He said, I've told my people they can have what they say, and my people are saying what they have. And he talked about the man in Matthew chapter 8, and he said, if my people understood authority the way this man understands authority, their faith would work like his faith works. And the man understood his authority was carried in his words. How many people do you know that used to be on the confession bandwagon and used to be on it with their words and I can have what I say and I'm not going to say this because I don't want that and I'm going to only speak the word of God. And nowadays you get around them and they're talking about how bad things are, how rough things are, how this is not going right and that's not going right and why isn't God hearing me? What happened? The word got crowded out. Jesus did not ever say that you would have what God said. He said you would have what you say. Because who's operating authority in the earth? God? Jesus. Holy Ghost. Oh, wait a minute. Us? How do we operate our authority? Through our words. What we say. We load our mouth with the word and go change situations. Well, here's the question. If you're not doing that, what can you expect? Nothing. You can expect the enemy to overrun your position. You can expect the word to get crowded out. When a circumstance comes up and it's adverse to the word and you open your mouth, you say, nope, that's not how, what? Remember, I'm not giving you permission. That's not how it will be. It will go this way. Try it. Say, it will go this way. way. See, what you've done is you've brought the word back over to the center. Not letting you elbow the word out of my life. Amen. Amen. Well, I went to the doctor and I got a bad report. Just don't know what I'm going to do. That was not how you would have answered two years ago. I got a bad report. Yeah, I got a bad report. I will not die, but I will live. What did you just do? Jerk the word back over in the corner, in the center. You didn't let it get pushed out of your life. Amen. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? Because the enemy works real hard to either get you to, number one, not speak the word, and that's hard for him to do with a lot of people. But then he works to get you to not believe the word you're speaking. If you're just doing it out of, by rote, you're just doing it out of, uh, out of uh, uh, habit. I used to know a dear brother. He'd get up every day about halfway asleep and sit in his chair. And we're in covenant. We're not coming out of covenant. Well, he wasn't saying that much. I spent time with them. I ministered in their church. And I could see... And I'm not being critical. I could see by their daily routine why there were some issues. Because the moment that he would get through saying all that and have breakfast, he'd start talking how he don't understand why his church isn't growing. And this must not be the will of God. So everything that he may have said positively 
pulled that back over in the middle of his being, and then sitting at the breakfast table, he elbowed it all out. You know what I say all the time, right? Whatever you say, let it stay said. If you're healed, what are you? If you're healed, what are you? If you're healed, what are you? So you're healed if you feel better. Right? You're healed if everything goes better. You're healed if the doctor says you're healed. Why are you healed? Because the Word says I'm healed. And I said what the Word says. Glory to God. Boy, that's shouting ground. Hallelujah. Don't let the Word get elbowed out of your life. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Because the enemy wants a peripheral, a peripheral issue with you. Then you're looking for it. I said, then you're looking for it. Think about this. If you stay full of the word, when your mouth opens, what's coming out? When you talk about a situation, what's coming out? Because I'm full of it. I'm full of the Word. I'm full of the Word of God. Oh, hallelujah. I know a man that has come to our ministry over the last eight years. And uh, he used to work with another ministry there in Little Rock, uh, kind of a parachurch ministry. And uh, he said, you know, he was talking to me about how the Word had done such a work in his life. Now, this man sat under pastor for... 10, 12 years. And so then he came to our church. He said, man, the word has done such a work in my life. And, you know, I'm thinking, well, you know, you said under my pastor. So, I mean, I know what he preaches, the word. But he made a statement to me that so helped me in understanding this. He said, well, I got to the point. He said, you know, the leadership changed at Agape. And so we didn't feel necessarily led to stay there. And, and so he said he was helping out in this other ministry. His wife and daughter were coming to our church by then. And he said, I would get up in the morning, and he said, get dressed to go to this help in this ministry. And he said, but instead of getting in the Word, instead of praying, I'd watch Sports Center, and then go help out in the ministry. Nothing wrong with Sports Center. But here's the thing. He said, he said I watched things start tailing off. Why? The word wasn't at the center anymore. Hallelujah. See, that sounds simple, but it happened. How does it happen? By degrees, incrementally. Somebody asked me one time, and I, and I wasn't trying to be ugly. I wasn't trying to be mean. It just came out. Forgive me. Somebody, somebody asked me one time, they said, I don't understand how I've gained all this weight. I said, one bite at a time. And then I went, ooh. <laughs> well, they, they, they just laughed. I mean, they understand, right? But we say, we say things like that in leadership. How you eat an elephant. Right? What does the journey of a thousand miles start with? Right? If it's off center, how did it get there? 
one word at a time. One action at a time. Right? You always depend on the word. Yeah, but I know this is going to be all right. That's okay. You still speak the word over it. If you're sitting in here today and your children are all saved and their marriages are all good, don't you stop speaking the word over them. Why? You want things to keep going. Because, because some, I, I know some of your children, and they're not doing what they need to be doing. And the goodness of God that's in their life is because somebody's praying for them. Somebody's speaking the word of them. Don't you stop. You might be the only one praying for them. Don't, don't give up. Keep, keep the word in the center of your heart. Oh, glory to God. Am I helping you? Let's look at Luke 10. I could just stay right there and keep teaching there. But I want you to see this illustration from the Word. If I could say this, you do not have, you do not have time, and let me say it this way, or spiritual strength to let the Word get elbowed out. Because it was a process to get you spiritually strong. If the word gets elbowed out of, 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 of your center, out of your, your life, here's the thing I found, is, is that uh, you will, uh, Lord, help me say this right. You will, you know the word they use when, when you know, somebody is, is, is building muscle, they're building their muscle, and then they, they quit lifting weights, and you know, the, you know the, the, not just they shrink, there's a word they use. Uh, what's that? Atrophy. And the thing about it is, is you atrophy a lot quicker than you built up. Because the only thing you have to do to atrophy is not use your arms, not use your body, right? If, if you quit holding on to the word, you will enter into spiritual atrophy a lot quicker than you got strong. Doesn't take long. Doesn't take long. I've, I've got to consistently. They, they, they say that one of the best ways to keep yourself cognitively strong and cognitively alert is just read books because you're constantly working that, that mental center in your body. Amen. Look, look, look here at Luke chapter 10, verse 38. I'm going to hurry a little bit. It came to pass, as they went, they entered into a certain village. A certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary that sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Martha was cumbered about with much serving, came to him, said, Lord, do you not care? My sister, watch, has left me. To serve alone, bid her, therefore she helped me. Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you are careful and troubled about many things. But one thing's needful. Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Now, this is so important because I, I know we've read these verses, but it says she was cumbered about much serving. Cumbered. Now, I've heard people in the past say cumbered about with. That's not what it says. It, the word cumbered is a standalone word. She was cumbered about much serving. In other words, this was her focus. The word cumbered means to be pulled away 
or dragged away. And so become distracted, quite busy, and overburdened. It means to be pulled or dragged away, and so become distracted, quite busy, and overburdened. So notice, Martha was pulled away, dragged away, became distracted, quite busy, and much overburdened because of serving. Now think about this. What was Martha pulled away from or dragged away from? The Word. The Word. Now see, here's here's the illustration I was saying earlier. Everybody in here, you have to go to work. Unless you're retired, right, Brother Kevin? (laughs) Then you just go to work at carolkrow.com. Anyway, (laughs) but... (laughs) <laughs> but, the, but the point is, notice, so everyone in here, you have things you have to do every day. There's those of you, you got to get up and go to work. You got to go outside and work. There are people you work from home, you, right? But you've got to do that. But, but here's, the, here's the issue. Here's the issue. So serving Jesus a meal was not bad. But think about this. He said there's something more important. And she got dragged away, all right, by, what, by, by the serving. It was, it, and after she was pulled away from the word, it was easy to be distracted. It was easy to be overburdened. When you get the word elbowed out of your life, what used to not bother you starts bothering you because the defense of the word isn't there anymore. I mean, think about it. How do you think people lose their healing? They let go of the word. They let go of the word. Amen. P.C. Nelson said this. He said, more people lose their healing over a counterattack than anything else. So here's the thing. How did we get our healing in the first place? The word. So if I know reasonably, I'm reasonably certain, a counterattack will at some point come. Do I ever want to be left and found without the word? Nope. See, because getting healed is not the end of it. Staying healed is the end of it. I'm going to stay healed. How am I going to stay healed? I'm going to stay stay hooked with the the Word. Amen. Amen. Oh, glory. Over and over again, different translations say, she was distracted with much serving. So it wasn't wrong, but it was a distraction. It was a distraction. Amen. You know, when people give Lily, like, uh, Lego sets, she likes this... American girl group called the Welly Wishers. And somebody for her for Christmas gave her the house that they all live in and all the, the stage and, and, you know, oh, here, Lily, you can put this together. And I'm thinking, you can put it together? <laughs> I can put it together. 
I know there's going to be one evening, right? Oh, hallelujah. Well, I like to be right in the center of the family when I'm home. And so I'll set up in like our breakfast nook to put all this together. But the problem with that is right over here is Lily's keyboard that she does her piano practice on. And right over here in the other part of the uh, uh, back part of our living room, Pastor Michelle's office, right, and the dog. And I'm, I'm trying to read directions and put little pieces together. And I got pepperoni pizza march going over here. I got the phone ringing over here. I got the dog running back and forth. And I'm thinking, how do you ever do this? Right? And you get a piece and you think, oh, I'm done. And then you look at it and it's like, it's backwards. <laughs> Why is it backwards? I got distracted. How did I get distracted? Not by anything bad. Piano's good. Phone call's good. Dog is good. But it distracted me. Right? Amen. I'm going to say this. Hear me when I say this. Everything in your life can be good. Your job is good. The people in your life are good. The relationships are good. The family members are good. Things that you like to do are good as long as they don't distract you. Amen. If they distract me, I bet Martha was a good cook. I don't know, but I bet you just put whatever cuisine you like in there. Anything but like pork chops and bacon because they wouldn't have eaten it. (laughs) But you put whatever you want in there. I bet she was good at it. I bet Martha helped her. I bet Martha or, or Mary started helping her. How do I know that? Because when Martha came to Jesus, she said, tell Mary to help. Mary has left me. And when you study that word out left, it means that she was with in another part of the house and she heard Jesus teaching and she just left her and went and sat down to hear the word. There are people that you know that used to be in your life. They're wondering where you're at today. Why you weren't at the donut shop today. Why you're not sitting at home waiting on whatever's on TV. Where's he at? We hadn't seen him for years. Where's he at? I'll tell you where he's at. He left y'all to come get the most important thing. The word. There are people on the sound of my voice. Sunday used to be your sleeping in day. Just sleep in. Get plenty of sleep. Amen. And you got plenty of sleep. And every time the enemy showed up and knocked on your door, he ran you over. And just took your life hostage. And you, but one day you gave up sleeping. You gave up sleeping late on Sunday. And you come to church and your life has forever been changed. Not just because of me, not just because of the church, because of the word that you're hearing. Mary understood something. If I want to get something, I got to leave something. If I want to hear what he's saying, I can't be dragged away from it. Oh, glory. Do you see that? Mary was more concerned with hearing the word than what her sister thought. Than what her sister thought about the role she was supposed to fulfill. Amen. I've had family members tell me, they've, they've said this to me, they've, or actually said it to my wife, they didn't say it to me, said it to her. If they said it to her, they said it to me. 
well, we understand how you all are. The things of God are first. Yeah? Yeah. I'm not going to be distracted from that. I'm sorry. I might miss a birthday party every now and then. I might. Not going to be, I'm not going to let it distract me. It got quiet. Amen. Where, where, where's my amen in group? Right back there. There they are. Amen. Right? Yeah, but I just want to be the perfect parent. You never will be. You will never be. I don't ever want to let my children down. Good for you. I don't either, but I have. And so will you. That's why you, how do you raise your kids with this understanding? The things of God are the most important things in our lives. Right? Hallelujah. I'm, I'm, no, don't, you're getting kind of quiet on me. Don't misunderstand me. I, I'm not saying you just act like those things are nothing. I, I am a party specialist. You understand? Pastor Michelle will say, we need to get a few balloons. A few? Fill the room. We're going to be like that guy in up. I mean, we're, we're going up off there. Hey, glory to God. From the back, you hear the dog. Where are we going? How are we doing? Right? Squirrel, that's us. I mean, my idea with Liliana and my grandkids is if two is good, six is better. My son told me one day, he said, you guys spoil these kids rotten. I'm not spoiling them. I'm just being pawpaw. Let me be pawpaw. Amen. But here's the thing. So I'm telling you that for a reason. That's my mindset. That's my mindset. I mean, load them up. But I'm sorry, grandson. They're having your party today. Paul's got church. I'll be there after church. I got a meeting. I'll be there after the meeting. Why? What has enabled me to do for them what I want to do for them? What's enabled my life to be so good? The Word. The word. Don't ever apologize for that. Amen. Amen. Am I helping you? Yes, now see, again, that's not you being rude or uncaring or making light of those things. I might have to adjust it. Pastor Michelle and I went through like five years that we were, ne- we were not together like for five years on our anniversary. She was either here when I was there, people say, well, what'd you do about that? Oh, we just celebrated like the Dickens the day before or the day after. Amen. Amen. I knew what day we got married. She knew what day we got married. Right? We may have to, we may have to celebrate it a day early or a day late. You understand? Now, again, I'm saying you don't let it distract you. Serving was a good thing, but she, she let it distract her. And notice that Jesus said, he said, one thing is needful. And Mary's chosen that good part that will not be taken away from her. So let me hurry. Desire for the word produces two things, spiritual nourishment and progress in your spiritual life. Desire for the word produces spiritual nourishment and progress in your spiritual life. A lack of desire for the word produces, number one, spiritual deficiency or atrophy. 
And secondly, regression in your spiritual life. Regression. Nobody just wakes up tomorrow and backslides. You're already on the path. If you backslide, you're all, you're, matter of fact, you're already backslidden. You just made it known. Amen. Hallelujah. Notice, he said, and you don't have to go there. 1 Peter 2, 2 says, As infants intensely yearn for the spiritual milk that you may be nourished and make progress in your salvation. Notice we have to intensely yearn for the word. Intensely yearning for the word ensures two things. Number one, I'll never allow anything to crowd the word out of my life. I'm, I'm always pulling it back over in the center because I want the word in my life. Number two, I will receive maximum results from the word. Amen. I'll receive maximum results from the word if I intensely yearn for the word. And, and I'll, I'll close with this. And you know, there's some practical steps there. You know, there, there, is so, there are so many easy ways to hear the word. You know, when, when, and some of you all can raise your hand when, when I say this. And, and I, I look at Brian because, uh, you know, we're, we're elders. So, yeah, yeah, I tell you, I got my first senior citizen discount the other day. Yeah, hallelujah. I was at Kroger and the lady asked me, she said, do you happen to be over 55? I said, yes, ma'am, I am. She goes, oh, you get a discount. Ring it up, sister. Praise the Lord. Amen. Got a whole 5% off my bill. But <laughs> Say, how'd that make you feel? Blessed. But in any event, you know, I remember uh, when, when we first started getting a hold of the Word, you know, the ministers were on TV. But, you know, if you didn't have, especially back in that day, TBN, that was, that was the workhorse. And all the major ministries were on TBN. And so you'd set your VCR to record them, all right? I mean, this is, Daystar had some, but not very many. That's how many years ago it was. And uh, to, order, to get their product, you couldn't just sit down and click on the website and have five years' worth of messages. You had to order the tapes. Tapes, I know I'm speaking a foreign language to many. Let me ask you, girls, have you ever listened to a cassette tape? Do you know what a cassette tape is? You do? Have you ever listened to one? See, I'm not. I, I got people in here, 20, 25-year-old. Have you, do you have cassette tapes? I still have cassette tapes, I, and I still have a cassette player. Yeah, exactly. So, so my point is, you had, you had to order the tape, wait on the tape, Play the tape. Now, I like the tape because you could stop them and rewind them. But here's my point in saying all this. Today, nobody has an excuse for the word not being at the center of their life. Nobody. Nobody. I mean, podcast. It's, it's, it's available on, on, on podcast, YouTube, Roku, all the other avenues that we have. You could watch the Word 24 hours a day. If you want the Word on healing, you can go to our Healing School channel and listen to Healing School for weeks. Weeks. There's multiplied hundreds of hours on healing just on our channel. 
Folks, you can keep the word right at the center of your heart every day. You can go to sleep with the word, wake up with the word, listen to the word all day long because it's so available because Jesus is coming.